The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting. And Leaky Black, Matt Norlander, is here with me. And as previously noted, in addition to normal episodes of the podcast, we're also now regularly doing short episodes that focus on various prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. We've already done LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Obi Toppin. If you've missed any of those and you're interested, go find them. And today, we turn our attention to the player most believe is the top international prospect in the draft. Not everybody believes it, but most people seem to. His name is Denny Avdia. He's a six foot nine forward from Israel, just 19 years old, been playing professionally since he was 16 years old. He is a consensus top 10 pick. Most have him inside the top five. I have him fifth to the Cavaliers in my latest NBA mock draft posted at cbssports.com norlander has him six so norlander i'll let you get the conversation started what do you see when you watch denny avdia well i'll spin it back just real quick here i am uh in the minority and it's not a drastic minority but i think it is a minority all the same there are two players that are top 10 locks that are international players no one else really from an international standpoint enters in that conversation i do think that international players will um, pepper this draft in the way they have for the past 15 years once we get to maybe like 16, 17 through the second round. But there are only two guys from overseas that are going to go in the top 10. And I'm bigger on Killian Hayes than I am Denny Avdia. Avdia has been interesting because he has been a steady and consistent riser from best I can tell over the past 8 to 12 months. And then because he's had the benefit of playing a lot during this pandemic um, and having giving general managers and scouts an opportunity even though it's not in person for the most part to see him play and to see him improve I do think that's I, I think that's why you've seen Denny Avdia um, for those trying to spell uh, keep up at home um, A-V-D-I-J-A uh, he's been consistently rising to the point now where you are seeing his name pop into the top five as GP mentioned he's got him fifth on his board and I do like that we're mixing it up here a little bit Yes, podcast listeners, we're going to give you a little bit of dose of some international dudes. And make no mistake about it, we have not seen, you know, 74 hours of tape on Denny Avdia. At least I haven't. Maybe Paris has. I, I, I have watched okay, you're going to surprise me. Okay. Four hours of Denny Avdia <laughs> okay. highlights. That's true. Okay, you're giving Mike Schmitz a run for his money. I like to hear it. That's good to know. Good to know. Um, but regardless, he has, uh, he has certainly been uh, one of the biggest risers, and I like the fact that we're going to be able to cue uh, clue listeners in a little bit more on a couple players with some with some really nice uh, potential ceilings and futures in the NBA, but still that have plenty of questions. Avdia, to me, GP, 
he can I actually watched you a little bit on CBS Sports HQ and the pre uh, pre lottery show on on Thursday as I was doing some fantasy football prep. Got a huge fantasy draft on Saturday, big time stuff. That's another deal altogether. But as I was prepping for all of that, uh, I listened to you kind of assess a lot of what's going on here. And you said you you could play him at the two, the three, or the four. I actually do agree with that. He's not going to get slotted as a two in the NBA. But if you needed to, or if we found if we looked up in five to seven years, and who knows what kind of stuff will be run at the NBA level and how rosters will be built, I actually do think that Avdia is built to be a two. He naturally fits in as a three, can play the four. I almost look at him as a power three kind of type. He's a six nine forward, really good distribution. Um, I think he's a solid passer for his size and his position. And I think he, because of that and what he's been able to do recently, it's why he's risen with the quickness. Because again, he's had tape on him throughout the summer. He's gotten better. That just hasn't been the case with college players, where we've had this extended extended hiatus before we even get to the draft. And I think Avdia, maybe more than any player to this point, has benefited from the fact that he was able to play overseas and has seen his stock steadily rise a year ago. Denny Avdia was not talked about as a top 15 kind of player, and now certainly he's, he's guaranteed to go in the top 10. I don't think there's any doubt that he benefited from being able to play professionally, then have his season paused because of COVID-19, but then have his season resumed just like the NBA season was resumed because after the resumption of the season, he was um, by all accounts uh, noticeably a better, more impactful player. You mentioned that he could play multiple positions. You're right. Nobody's ever going to call him a two. I don't know that anybody's ever going to call him a guard, but he's big enough to play power forward, skilled enough to play on the wing, and he can even play on the ball go coast-to-coast in transition. He makes good decisions, good passes in transition. I've seen him make bounce passes for easy buckets, throw lobs for easy buckets. He's a really versatile player who can also create in pick-and-roll situations. And one of the things I think is also interesting about him is he's the son of two athletes. His father played basketball professionally. His mother was, I believe, a track and field athlete. And more and more, I don't want to say every NBA franchise because I don't know it to be true, but I do know that some NBA franchises, because I've talked to people who work in the front office at various places, they really value children of professional athletes. And if you look around sports right now, some of the best, regardless of sport, are the products of of professional athletes, Steph Curry in the NBA, Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, where I live, Jaron Jackson Jr. with the Grizzlies. Uh, I did a story talking to Adrian Griffin uh, maybe a year ago or so. He's obviously got a son who's going to Duke, a daughter who plays at UConn, and even he acknowledged to me that he thinks his children benefited from having a father who was a professional athlete because they saw what it was like to take things seriously every single day. It was just sort of a part of their life. And with Denny, you know, I've never heard him say this, but I would assume that a big part of his development and the place he finds himself right now is that he was born into a family with, with multiple 
um, you know, high level athletes. You bring up a great point there. Uh, when you mentioned that, uh, certainly the Long brothers in the NFL jumped to mind, and then someone in this very draft, we may well get to, if we want to go wild card off the board outside the top ten or top fifteen, Vernon Carey Jr. His father was sure. a professional NFL player for a long time. So we are seeing more and more of that. Avdia is for those listen. If you're listening to this kind of podcast, you're probably somewhat familiar with him. But if if you're not, I do think that if you had placed Avdia in college basketball last season and put him on a top 15 level kind of team he is good enough dominant enough in terms of his instincts to to penetrate and get to the rim where he would have been in my opinion clearly a top 10 player in college basketball so his stock is now validated again to me it will be a battle between him and Killian Hayes we got two months till we get to the draft even uh and hopefully we even land there on time I did see that Zach Lowe reported um sourcing on background not for the record that there's even some skepticism we will even have the draft on its scheduled date of October 16th later this year I certainly hope so but we'll wait and see because we don't even know when the NBA season is going to start Adam Silver said on Thursday the December 1 start doesn't seem optimistic maybe uh, Christmas is the best case scenario there so we'll work under the uh, presumption for now that the draft is still going to go off on the 16th frankly I don't know why that wouldn't necessarily have to be the case but I do think Hayes and Avdi will be right there and both have the potential to be in that 4, 5, 6 range overall I'll note his his, some of his stats real quick you know he played in the Israeli league uh, played in the Euro league played with Maccabi Tel Aviv and he helped uh, his team win win a championship this year which which is certainly a a big deal and averaged in the neighborhood of 13 points six and a half boards two and a half assists a block and a steal in about 27 minutes worth of play so he was productive the one thing in in terms of watching him and then Digging through with our international prospects, I want to you know provide you uh, a fair assessment here, but also be transparent in that I will rely obviously on four or five different evaluators who have tracked Avdia for um, north of a year. Mike Schmidt's at the at the head of that list, and along with Sam Fasini. and there does seem to be some questions about the competition he played, uh, which I guess is fair, but uh, you know how much more or less difficult is it than? Guys like Obi Toppin uh, and guys that played college last season that are going to be near the top of the draft. So I think some of those things can be a wash. And then it seems as though he's not an A-level scorer and he's not an A-level defender, GP. He is an NBA-level player right now and on both ends he's an NBA-level player. But I think with Avdia, there's still just a little bit of a uh, question when it comes to uh, consistency with him and if he can have his production not peak and Valley a bit too much. It just seems, again, he's just 19, and all these players have flaws, but if we're going to point out why he might not go fourth or fifth and might drop to seventh or eighth, which I do think that is still possible with Avdia personally, um, I think some of, the, some of those things specifically uh, might cross out with the peaks of how he played and helping his team win a championship earlier this summer. Because if you watch him, he, he continuously makes plays and gets to the rim, and the question, I guess, becomes, okay, take into account the level of competition. Will he be able to get to the rim um, against NBA caliber defenders, against NBA athletes? And um, I think the answer is yes. Um, But obviously, you know, that's something front office has got to figure out. And I'm not comparing him to Luka Doncic, but I just remember the only reason Luka Doncic didn't go number one in the 2018 NBA draft is because people questioned whether he could get to all of the places he was getting to playing in Europe if he were asked to do it in the NBA. Well, fast forward, and we found out that he can get anywhere he wants to get and do anything he wants to do. And again, I'm not comparing 
Danny DeLuca, uh-huh. but I'm just saying um, I, I learned a lesson with Luka Doncic. Like, you know, I, 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 looking back, I it, it wasn't like I was any worse than the actual people – you know, doing the NBA draft. Like I had him as a top three prospect and he ended up going top three, but I was wrong on him. I, I had more questions than I should have had. And so I understand the level of competition that Avdi has been playing against is, is something to note, but um, I, I still think he's going to be able to do most of the things he's been doing. Certainly as he continues to develop, I think he'll be able to do those things also in the NBA. You mentioned inconsistency. The shot is the thing that most people focus on. Like he can make that three-point shot, but he has not made it consistently throughout his professional career, which I believe now dates three seasons. Um, he changed the mechanics on it uh, over the past year and the results are better, but there's some question about whether he'll ever be a quality, high-level shooter. And if he's not, then what is he in the NBA? Again, if you're a front office trying to figure out if you're going to spend a top-five pick on him, that's something you've got to determine. If you think he can be a high-level shooter, then I think he is worth the top-five pick. If you determine that it'll just never be what it needs to be, uh, you probably take a pass. Yeah, I'm I'm in on his projections in general. Uh, there's a lot of different discussion about how strong or not this draft is at the top in the lottery, and then you, when you look out to the first round into the second round. But in my in my big board mock, I have him number six, as you mentioned at the top of the podcast. I do think he stands a good chance at having a very good NBA career and isn't going to be uh, the kind of international player that maybe washes out in three to five seasons. Since you brought up Luca, let's just touch on this real quick here because I do think this might be this this could be something that becomes a talking point as we get closer to October. As we speak right now, the Dallas Mavericks are in the middle of of the, of the playoffs and trying to uh, see if they can make a series of it, and make to the, make it to the second round. Luca is interesting because I do remember heading into his draft, plenty of buzz. Definitely not any sort of consensus on, like, he should be number one. But remember, Phoenix hired uh, his EuroLeague coach, brought him on staff, and there was, you know, there was certainly buzz that the Suns were going to take him. And then because um, the Phoenix Suns owner uh, is an Arizona guy and just was taken with Aiton, which isn't necessarily, like, you have to differentiate sometimes that conversation. DeAndre Ayton, so far, is proving to be a pretty good player. Now, even though Luka already looks like he's going to be the best player from his draft, on one level you can say they picked the wrong player because he's not going to be the, the – they didn't pick the player who's going to be the best player in the, in the, in the draft, in, in that given draft. I understand that, but it's not like they totally missed on Ayton. So I think we are headed quickly toward a situation with Luka when people are going to point to Avdia and Killian Hayes and I think put maybe a little more stock into these guys. They're not as good now as Luka Doncic was when he came into the league two years ago. Keep that in mind, please. And they're not the same kind of players. If anything, to me, Hayes is a little bit closer uh, to Luka than Avdia is. Although I will say, Avdia's passing um, is terrific at this stage already. I'd say in terms of... uh, Toughness level is not the exact term I want to use, but when I watch Avdia play now, 
he does seem like his physical traits are ready to step in, and he seems a little bit more nimble of a player than Doncic was when he came in because that was one of the biggest knocks on Doncic is he had a game where his style, GP, was when you watched him, you saw him produce, he didn't totally pop off the uh, pop off the tape there, but it's been amazing to see Luka be so awesome so consistently and seamlessly adapt to the NBA because his style is almost one to itself. It, he just has a way of finding the nooks and crannies. He never speeds up. He never slows down. And he's been able to adjust. Avdia, to me, is actually a level above him in terms of his physicality overall. But from a talent and skill perspective, he's not quite there. So if you're wondering if either of these guys, Avdia specifically, is in is sitting at the same table as, as Luka Doncic, the answer is definitely no. But uh, but I do think we might get some of those talking points heading in. And they these guys might actually wind up being a bit, just a tad, overvalued heading into draft night. Just to circle back to that 2018 draft real quick. Listen, DeAndre Ayton's been good. I mean, he averaged 18 and 12 this season for a borderline playoff team in the Western Conference. Like, uh, it's not that DeAndre Ayton's been a disappointment, uh, but just Luka Doncic is another level dude. It's just like, it's like DeAndre Ayton can be a really good NBA player. He already is a really good NBA player. He will never impact the top of the sport sure the way luca is already impacting the top of the sport trivia time okay 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 who led the nba in player efficiency rating this season well are you setting me up for failure here because i'm well first of all if luca did it that's absurd because per tend it tends to be a big man leading kind of stat so i'm going to say luca but that goes against my instinct because normally a guard does not lead in per Luca did not. Um, Giannis is first with a 31.94 player efficiency rating. James Harden is second, but Luka Doncic is third. (laughs) James Harden is second. That's just... That's a real starting hard to stat monster, but I didn't think that he would have been second. Is, do you if do you have the list in front of you here? Where's yes. LeBron? LeBron fourth or fifth? He's got to be up there. Le- He's never had more assists. LeBron's tenth. It goes. Wow. Giannis. Yeah. Giannis into the Kupo. James Harden. Luka Doncic. Number four. Anthony Davis. Number five. Damian Lillard. Number six. Kawhi Leonard. Number seven. Carl Anthony Towns. Number eight. Kyrie Irving who only played 20 games. Number nine. Joel Embiid. And number ten. LeBron James. Okay, okay. but Luka third. Number 11, number, yeah, and Luca's third. That's the point. He is just a different level guy already. And so if you're Phoenix, even if you're happy with DeAndre Ayton, you passed on Luka Doncic. That's a mistake. And then, my God, Sacramento? Ugh. Well, okay. And listen, we can wrap with Avdia in a second here. I don't want to harp on this too much. Again, I know, I know, I know. But... Bagley's not brutal. It was the wrong decision. Do not get me wrong. It cost Vladi Divac his job. Uh, without a doubt, I understand all that. Uh, but when going back into that draft, there was an there was there was an Aiton Bagley debate for two years before that draft, and Bagley was a very productive player at Duke, extremely productive. Aiton had the weird season with Arizona when they eventually, you know, remember, he had the best game of his career literally the day after that ESPN.com report came out about Sean Miller talking about paying Aiton six figures and all that stuff. Um, So there was a real back and forth with both of those guys. It's easy now, two plus years removed, to, to, to have the reaction you did, but... Bagley heading into that, there was a real question with with him and Aiton, and then the Luca factor was just, will he go to Phoenix because of the connection with his coach or not? And if not, 
I, it was more like Luca versus Trey. I remember that. And then the, there was a little bit of separation the fewer days leading up to that draft. But um, this Luca's going to ruin it for everyone because, again, no one could have ever expected him to be this good this fast. Like, people already talk about Luka Doncic in terms of, like, okay, so we think in, like, multiple MVPs at this point by the end of his career. That's extremely rare, extremely rare for a player that's two years into his career. And Luka, it fits with him as it did with LeBron James. This did, this wasn't even true of Anthony Davis when he came into the league and played with the New Orleans Pelicans. So that just gives you an idea of how advanced Luka has been and how quickly he's he's been able to do all that. Yeah, I, I like. there's one former NBA player who's an analyst now, and I, I can't remember whether it's... I don't know, Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins, somebody. But like over the past week, I saw them say, as long as Lucas stays healthy, he will, he will retire as a top 10 player in the history of the sport. That's, which is, that's I mean, that's actually absurdity. Uh, now, if you get it right and you call it, then kudos to you. But you can't be saying that about a player two years in. Go and actually make the list of the top 10 players in the history of the sport. Like you can't be... You, to me, that's just seeking attention two years into a career. That's my opinion. You might differ, but I think that's well, well, some people are calling him the best player, one of the best players his age in the history of the sport. Um, I Listen, I, the, the top 10 is hard, man. That's hard to crack all time. But I, let's just bottom line it this way. He's awesome. He is undeniably awesome. And that 2018 draft, if you look back at it, there were five but for most people, there were five players that everybody had in the top five. Now, we could argue about the order, but the top five players in that draft were wi- widely considered to be uh, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Trey Young. And those five players went in the top five, and they're all good. Like, the, the, only one of them at this point seems to be special, yeah. and that's Luka. Trey Young's already made an all-star team. DeAndre Ayton, I just told you his numbers. Bagley has battled injuries, but, you know, this season did average 14 and 8. And Jaron Jackson Jr., I know people don't see him much because he plays in Memphis, but he's going to be special too. I mean, he's really, really, really good. And so uh, that, that draft, all five, the top five picks are all good, but the guy who was, I guess, picked third is pretty clearly the 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 class of the class, if you will. Let's go back to Avdia. You, we mentioned international prospects a few times. Are we certain we count Killian Hayes as an international prospect, given that he was born in the United States? He's American. All right, if you want to listen, techn- yes, but he has not uh, earned his keep uh, here on the home soil, if you will. So I, that's why. I, that's why <laughs> what does I, he need to do to be American? No, not that he's not American, but his uh, he didn't play college basketball, so he's being evaluated based on the international competition he played. You want to build him. a wall? I keep d- Killian Hayes out. I got no desire. I'm. In, I think Killian Hayes is going to be the second best player in this draft behind Obi Toppin. So don't even try and poster any or plaster any kind of, of Killian Hayes slander on me because I ain't going to be there. He's hot. Where do you have Killian Hayes right now in your mock? I think I had him go into the Knicks, and Knicks fans are irate because they don't want to draft another French guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually that's extremely well played by you. When you uh, when you bumped up Avdia, you got him to five. So who dropped for you? Onyeka. Okay, so Onyeka will be our will be our next uh, will be our next uh, prospect that we do on next week's draft. There, I don't necessarily strongly disagree with that. I think Akonwu is actually super intriguing. Uh, I think his ceiling is 
as good as third in this draft class, and his floor might be as low as 14 or 15. Um, but we'll get to him on next week's. But as for Avdia, my, my last thing on him is he is definitely going to wind up as one of the biggest year-over-year risers, and there won't be a shortage of that. This will be an intriguing draft. Um, the biggest thing that people were watching would be to see if his, if his summer stats were going to spike, and they certainly increased uh, to a decent amount. He's still a fairly efficient player, and it's... What we wait and find out with all of this is the number one pick isn't coveted and what teams are going to be successful in trading out because the value on these picks, one, two, three, four, five, and six in this draft uh, are certainly moving targets. And, you know, there might be a team that lands at four or a team that lands at six that highly covets Avdia in that range and hopes that no one trades up or down to get him and they can land him. But I think that by the time we get to the 16th of October, Parrish, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if at least three teams in the top six have traded out of those spots. And the Warriors obviously seem like an obvious candidate for that. Even Adrian Wojnarowski has reported that um, their priority is to package the pick um, with something to um, you know get a player that can help Steph, Clay, and Draymond try to win a championship in 2021. So, yes, there will be movement at the top of the draft. Uh, one way or another, I would assume. Before we get out of here, real quick, should note, Thursday night, last night, was the NBA draft lottery, and the Minnesota Timberwolves will be selecting first overall. Um, if you're in charge of that franchise, do you know who you'd pick? No, and I of all the teams that were kind of in the mix there, to me, the Timberwolves were the most vexing if they were going to get it. Um, I don't see how LaMelo Ball goes there when they've got deloading. And to me, I still would I would be in on D'Angelo Russell. Um, trading out of it should be something to consider there. Uh, maybe, listen, I, I, I don't know Minnesota's roster up and down, but to me, Toppin is the, who I'd take. I know they won't, or I don't think that they will. Um, but trade, it, it will be... It would be fascinating as hell if we got to the draft and we saw that Minnesota and Golden State both successfully were able to trade out of the one and two spots there. Uh, but the Timberwolves, no stranger to having top five picks, and they've had number one picks before as well, Cat being the most recent of them. But they already got Cat, so they're not drafting Wiseman. That's not going to work whatsoever. We know that's not happening. Um, but right now, if I... Hmm. Right now, I think they'll keep the pick. I don't. I, I fifty five forty five to keep the pick, but they could easily trade it. Um, you, the Carl Anthony Towns is twenty four year old All NBA center under contract for the next four years. I, I think once the Timberwolves win the lottery, that eliminates James Wiseman going to Minnesota, which might be a good thing for Minnesota, for James Wiseman because yeah. he could end up going second to Golden State, and if they can't do a deal, then he ends up you know starting at center next to Steph. Draymond and Clay, like what? What is there a better situation to walk into than than what James could be walking into? Um, it's debatable. I, I believe what Minnesota should do at the top. I would take Lamelo Ball. It, it, it you have two big creative guards playing with each other. I don't know how they guard anybody. That'd obviously be a problem, but uh, it'd be fun. Like Carl Anthony Towns running up and down the court with D'Angelo Russell and Lamelo Ball. That'd be fun to watch. I, I don't know how effective it would be, but it'd be fun to watch. So yeah. we'll figure, um, we'll figure but, that. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll hit on all that stuff on podcasts to come. October's still two months, two months away. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF, and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Larnell, and thank you once again for listening. 
to the Island College Basketball Podcast during a pandemic. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell one person about it. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere. You subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. Norlander would appreciate it. Either way, we will talk to you again really soon. Till then, take care. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.